Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajjul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala zikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You guys are doing good this cold evening. MashaAllah. Winter has kicked in temperature-wise, but it is dry, which is good. I don't mind it any cold as long as it is dry. Hope everyone is good. Um, today, inshallah, we are on 228 of the commentary. And in the text, have you put it on the screen? Jazalim. So the text for today's uh, lesson, insha'Allah, is going to be uh, the Arabic in the middle. Uh, if you're looking at the uh, text, is uh, I mean, it depends upon which version you're looking at. But uh, we're still in the big main paragraph. وَلَا عَاجِزٍ أَنْ رُقُوعٍ أَوْ سُجُودٍ أَوْ قُعُودٍ أَوْ قِيَامٍ إِلَّا إِمَامَ الْحَيِّ الْمَرْجُوَ زَوَالِ عِلَّتِهِ وَيُصَلُّونَ وَرَأَهُ جُلُوسَ النَّدْبَ if we get this done, then that's a significant amount. Putting down, says? Yeah. We keep going down. So this is obviously about the people who it's allowed to pray behind and not allowed to pray behind. Keep going, keep going. And Okay, stop. So now, in terms of the people who is not allowed to pray behind, okay, we already said last week that a hermaphrodite for a couple last couple of weeks, a hermaphrodite for male followers, a child for someone who is older, post-pubescent, and someone who is mute. Obviously, we refuted these opinions. Yeah, we spoke about that one by one, and we said what the class position is in each one. And then six in this category is one who cannot bow, prostrate, sit, or stand. Right? So any of the people that can't do any of these things, the fundamental acts of the prayer, then you can't pray behind that person either. Unless he is the local imam who is expected to recover. Unless he is the local imam who is expected to recover. It is recommended that they pray behind him seated. It is recommended that they pray behind him seated. That is meaning the imam as an exception. So first of all, what they're saying is that you can't pray behind someone who can't himself stand or uh, prostrate or you know, do all the main things. Other exception we're going to make is for the local imam. The imam yani of the area, the official imam. As for him... Then you will allow you to pray behind him, but when you pray behind him, it's good that you pray sitting down. That's what they're basically saying. If he starts the prayer while standing, but then has to sit down due to a problem, they must complete the prayer standing. So if the Imam, regardless nowadays, the Imam of Hay, the local Imam, or any other Imam, if he leads and starts the prayer while standing, but then has to sit down because of pain or you know, disability or whatever, they must complete the prayer standing. This is the text that we're going to uh, discuss and argue over. Huh? That's what we're going to cover today, inshallah. All right, so page 228 then in the uh, commentary. Um, what the... Uh, so I want to tell you about the Prophet 
in his life, of course, the Prophet ﷺ leading the Muslims most of the time. Yeah, and virtually all the time. The exceptions are incredibly rare, right? When he would leave town, and then a couple of scenarios when um, two interesting things happened. Once, the Prophet ﷺ fell down and injured himself. And as a result of that injury, he prayed sitting down, right? He prayed sitting down, um, and we're going to speak about that, that particular situation. But it was him and him alone praying, right? And I was looking at this hadith earlier on, and the um, and what people sometimes mix up, and this is what I started to realize, is the a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ leading the prayer while sitting down whilst he is uh, not well, okay, uh, uh, injury kind of type situation, versus the last moments of the Prophet ﷺ which is a different category in itself. The Prophet ﷺ, he didn't have the energy to uh, uh, stand. And the Prophet ﷺ uh, had Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to his side. And the, the Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was then effectively the de facto Imam, even though the Prophet ﷺ was leading. Even though the Prophet ﷺ was leading. And... He was sitting down, and we have differing narrations in which one Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is standing, and other narrations which Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is sitting, which is what seems to be more correct. And we're going to discuss these and try to understand how do we have these kind of mixing up and whatever. And the companions prayed behind the Prophet ﷺ sitting down, right? And they prayed behind him sitting down. There's another scenario where Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was leading entirely by himself, standing, standing. And the Prophet ﷺ was not there because he was too weak to come out again in his last moment. And then he came out. And when he came out, the companions themselves tried to indicate to Abu Bakr Siddiq that, hey, the Prophet ﷺ is here now, come on, move back. And so he turned around, tried to do that. The Prophet ﷺ said, stay where you are. And then he then carried on leading the prayer. The discussion there is, where did he ﷺ join? Some said that he sat next to, the Prophet, sat next to Abu Bakr Siddiq, right at the front. Otherwise, others said that it's at the back. And that's another discussion which we yeah, need to consider as well. So this is the whole section on this. Okay, We need to examine again these conditions that the Hanabila are putting in, you know, where, he, where they said, except for the Imam of the Hay. There's an exception for this particular Imam. Otherwise, we can't pray behind someone who themselves can't sit, stand, whatever. And so as you can see, already the, I've mentioned Hadith where the Prophet ﷺ is sitting down and they're praying sitting down. So already we have a controversy uh, automatically. They would say, well, he was the Imam of the Hay. That's why he's the exception. So this is what we're going to look at today. All right. Sheikh Uthameen then starts off then uh, at the top of 228 in the commentary. He goes that, so the Hanabila are saying that if there's a person who has a pain in his back, he can't uh, make ruku'a, then it is not possible for this person to lead the prayer for a person who can make ruku'a. So a person who can't make ruku' for whatever reason, the Hanbalis are saying basically he can't be leading normal people who can make ruku'. Okay? And they said that uh, the reason behind that, okay, Abu Amal Ajiz and Ruku' فَإِنَّهُ يَسُحْنِ يُكُونِ إِمَامًا لَهُ And he said that what the Hanabal are saying though is that if the guy behind can't make ruku' either, then his prayer is okay because they're both the same. Yeah, he can't make ruku'. The guy behind, if there was just two people, I mean. 
So the Imam can't make ruku' and the guy behind can't make ruku'. So what's the difference anyway? They both can't make ruku'. So he can lead the one who can't make ruku'. But lead the one who can make ruku'. No, he can't do that. Reasoning, a ta'aleel, anna al-qadir ala ruku' akmal halan min al-ajiz anhu. Yani that the one who is pray, pray, uh, uh, having the, uh, uh, being led in the prayer, he's in a more complete state yani, than the other one. How can the one who is deficient be leading the one who is praying completely? How can the one deficient in the prayer be leading the one who is complete in the uh, prayer? And this is the position of the madhab. This is the position of the madhab. And likewise, the same situation for the guy who can't make sajda. If you can't make sajda, you can't lead a normal person who can make sajda. You can lead a person who can't make sajda as well. And so on and same uh, 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 reasoning. Okay? Um, and this is uh, 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 the same whether the guy can't make ruku', the guy can't make sujood, the guy can't make qur'ud, okay, or qiyam, standing. The one who can't stand up in a prayer and has got a prayer sitting down due to age, due to disability, can't be leading a prayer who can, can't be leading the, the, the guy or woman or whoever who is able to be standing themselves, okay? Alright, even though the prayers themselves are individually accepted, this is the key, that they're saying that of course that person, their prayer is authentic. Now, I'm not going to hold you in suspense saying in a movie, but we've already spoken about this before, that anyone's prayer who is correct in of itself has the right to lead another person as well. That's our qaidah that we established last week, week before, week before, that there is no evidence for this position, that you are admitting that their prayer is correct, and then at the same time saying that although it's correct, they can't lead another person. No. If that person is the best person for the job, they know the most amount of Qur'an, and whereas the other person doesn't, then as long as their prayer itself is valid, and they are the most qualified to lead the prayer out of the group of people who are there because they know the most Qur'an, they are to lead. Reason? Because they're valid, their prayer is valid, number one. Reason number two, they're the most qualified. And that's what the hadith says. So let the one lead you who is most versed in the book of Allah. End the story. Theoretically, except that this situation isn't very easy. This is not a simple uh, uh, position. In actual fact, something personal, that I've gone back and forth on this opinion myself for a long time, over the last 20, 30 years, um, holding one opinion, changing, and whatever. This has been one of those that um, I've done quite a bit of study into because it's not just a classic interpretation of fiqh. There are contrasting hadith, there's arguments of some abrogation going down, there's issues of authenticity. It's actually a really interesting mas'ala. Okay? So let's, we'll get to that in the end. Anyway, so um, the Sheikh quotes the, 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 the author, Illa Imam al Hay. So the author is saying, but there is an exception for the local Imam, the resident Imam. Okay? The resident Imam, no. He is an exception. Okay? And this exception, what's interesting, by the way, uh, because some said that he is an exception to what? An exception to all of these things. If you can't make ruku, can't make sujood, can't make whatever. But actually, what the majority of scholars, majority of Hanbalis say that, no, he's an exception only for qiyam. So if the imam can't make qiyam, then he is an exception. But if he can't make ruku and he can't make sujood and he can't make yani, whatever, then even he's not an exception. Just, yani, just to put that out there, okay? And this word hay, hay is like quite used in, uh, in Arab uh, uh, countries. Hay means like a, a, a neighborhood. 
The word hay means neighborhood. That's the best kind of way. Jam'uhu ahya' wa hiya dur wal harad. Fa zakan ahad masjid imam ratib. So it's just about basically a, a local imam of the masjid. Okay? All right. So the, the exception to the rule actually has two conditions. One, that he's a local imam. Second, al-marjuwa zawal illatihi. That it is hopeful or expected that he recovers from his condition. Meaning it's a temporary condition. Meaning it's acute, it's not chronic. Right? It's something which has just happened for whatever. So these are the two conditions that the Hanbalis are putting. They're saying that if you have, so no way can you pray behind a person, right, who is, can't do qiyam, ruqur, sujud, unless A, it's the local imam, who is only B, suffering from a temporary problem. As for an imam who's permanently disabled, then he fails one of the conditions, so that's not an exception. As for the visiting imam, who's not the imam of the locality, he then uh, is not yani, an exception, so he doesn't, you know, you can't pray behind him. The only, prayer, the only person that you can pray that can't stand is the local imam who is hopeful of a recovery in his uh, situation. Okay? Um, so, in summary, Sheikh says, well, hasil, and then Mu'alif, rahmullah, so, what the author has basically, may Allah have mercy upon him, has told us, is that the uh, one who can't do qiyam, or sitting, or, uh, or the sitting meaning the tashahud, or the ruqwa, or the sujood, it is not valid for him to lead the prayer, yani, except if he's leading someone who's like him, someone who also can't do all of that. Other than, other than, um, uh, other than a person who can't uh, uh, stand, if there's a person who can do all the rest but just can't stand the prayer, then such a person can lead the prayer as long as A, he is the local imam, and two, that this is just a temporary condition, and so on. When that happens, what, what will the rest of the people do? Yusallun, yani nahnu, yani the people in the, uh, in the musalla, we will pray behind him, uh, the, the Imam, Julusa, yani sitting down as a recommended feature, as a recommended act, Nadban, yani as not obligatory, and Nahad al Hukum Nadbun, Walisa Biwajib, Wanadib Sunnah, Aifa Sunnah, and Yosalu Khalfahu Julusa. So basically, if the local Imam is in this situation and got temporary condition, then we will pray behind him, but we will pray behind him. Uh, uh, it is recommended to us that we pray sitting down. What is the evidence for this? The Prophet ﷺ said, That the Imam has been placed to be followed. The Imam has been put there to be followed. Okay? Um, and then in the same narration, so when he prays standing, then you folks pray standing. And when قائداً, and then if he's praying sitting down, then all of you pray sitting down. Then all of you pray sitting down. This hadith noted by Imam al-Bukhari, hadith number 689. This is an absolute clear definitive text. Nas. Remember this word always. It's an absolute clear definitive text that the prayer behind the one who cannot stand is a correct and valid prayer. Uh, and that you pray then sitting down behind your imam. Okay? Sheikh says that when our author, the Hanbali, uh, Imam al-Hajjawi, he says, and you pray behind him sitting down, 
um, out of recommendation. By definition, that also means that if they decided to pray standing, yeah, the people, then the prayer is recommended. No. What's the word to finish the sentence? The prayer is not valid. Okay, so we've got recommended, not valid. Valid. Any other offers? Permissible. Yani, if our author, the Hanbali, says that it is recommended for the people to pray behind the Imam who's sitting down, recommended for you to pray sitting down, if that's the case, then I said, therefore, it means that if the people behind pray standing up, then the prayer is. And we had not valid, we had recommended, we had valid, we had permissible. We got permissible here as well. Sumaira said that. Any other offers? Valid. We finally kind of caught, got on Yani, okay? It is valid, of course. Yeah, the answer is valid or permissible. Yani, uh, both are the same thing. Can't be not valid, right? Because that's the whole point. If the author, according to the Hanabila, is saying that it is permissible to sit down, and not obligatory, then that means if you stand up, then the whole point is that it's permissible. I mean, recommended to sit down, then that means it's only recommended. I can pray standing. That's according to the humbleies. It's an important point to note. Okay? Now, now, um, Sheikh says, وَذَهَبَ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ I see the portal's got a little blue badge now. Elon Musk taking over our portal or what? We best not be paying seven quid a month for that, by the way few upgrades. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice just to have a website back here and you keep your upgrades. I didn't get upgraded. Uh, I, I, I didn't get upgraded. Look at that. Zafar didn't get upgraded. Got some disgrace. What a disgrace. She said, she said put, put, down, put valid down. Oh, she has got the blue Yanni thingy. This is all Yanni insider trading, I know. Elon Musk behave, yeah, I know, bro. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you, the amount of time Zafar puts into the preparing the lessons, doing the revision or whatever, Shazad Salim, Yani, 10% of his work. And you get the blue, Yani, authentic, whatever the book is called. Well, you get everything ready, that's right. Yeah, I think we, we'll, we'll put a petition in for you. I don't know who's, doing, who's giving it out. What a hater, man. Right, Sheikh says, well, that about the... Right? Honestly, nobody cares. <laughs> right. Gravatar, yeah. Right. Shazad Salim said everybody can change there. Isn't it nice to see the way that Mesa defends Shazad and Shazad defends Mesa? <laughs> the only people who defend each other, by the way. Mesa's like Shazad works all year round. Go to dashboard, folks. Change your pictures. Put something nice up. That's it. You can see your old avatar, the one that nobody saw anyway, and you can change it for the one that nobody's gonna see anyway. Thank you very much, Zad Salim. Um, and some of the scholars they said 
And the salah khalfahu yajib an tikuna qu'udan. Some of the scholars said, no, if the imam prays sitting down, you have to pray sitting down. Not it is permissible to pray sitting down, but it's obligatory to pray sitting down. What, is the, what are their evidences? The first one is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, pray sitting down. And this, of course, is a command, and the basic default in when you give a command is that it is obligatory. When you command someone, it's because you consider it to be obligatory. Especially when the Prophet ﷺ, okay, in the same hadith, which is a good point actually, at the same hadith in the beginning said that, that the Imam has been put in front of you to be copied. To be followed, right? So he already sets up sets up this, the system that you got to pray behind the imam, and then says, so when he prays sitting down, pray sitting down, and you're saying, well, this doesn't actually mean obligatory. You get what I'm saying? That's a big shout. You need to not assume that that is obligatory. Okay. Second, that's the first evidence. The second evidence, أنه لما صلى عليه الصلاة والسلام بأصحابه ذات يوم وكان عاجزا على القيام فقاموا أشار إليهم أن أجلسوا ف. So, one of the times where the Prophet ﷺ, he couldn't pray standing up, and so he, uh, uh, he prayed uh, sitting down, and they stood up, and then he told them to sit down, and they sat down. And this hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari as well, uh, hadith number 688, in the chapter of that the, prayer, that the Imam has been placed to be followed. It's also been collected by Imam uh, Muslim, in Sahih Muslim, hadith number uh, 412. Sheikh says, the simple fact that in the prayer the Prophet is indicating to them to sit down would indicate it's obligatory. The Prophet doesn't make any random movements for the sake of, you know, whatever. It is like in the prayer telling them to sit down would indicate that it's a serious uh, uh, matter. Yeah. We're going to come to that. Um, Sheikh says something similar to this. Something similar to this. When Nadiru hada, أنه لما قام عبد الله بن عباس when he was praying to Hajjud صلى الله عليه وسلم in his home and Abdullah ibn Abbas came and he uh, stood on his left hand side and he took him by the ear and he pulled him around until that went behind him like this and brought him round to the right hand side. He goes that it, it is clear that um, an, that a person cannot pray, it's not allowed to pray by the left hand side. Not allowed. Because he's not allowed, the Prophet grabs the ear and indicates for him to come round. So it kind of pulls him round and brings him to the right hand side. Likewise, this is the same thing. They stood up, he then says, sit down. Similar kind of action. Not allowed to stand on the left hand side, not allowed to stand praying if I'm sitting down. That's the, uh, uh, the point yani, that's being made here. Uh, in, he goes, in actual fact, no, this one's even more emphasized because this one, even the Prophet said it as well. So in the previous one, when Abdullah ibn Abbas yani, got moved, he just got moved. In this one, he actually told him to sit down and then afterwards then said to them that when the Imam is standing, then stand, and when the Imam is sitting, then فصلوا قائدًا يعني, and they did that, right. Um, so Shaykh says, this is the correct opinion. وَهَذَا الْقَوْلُ هُوَ الصَّحِيحِ أَنَّ الْإِمَامَ ذَا صَلَّ قَائِدًا وَجَبَ عَلَى الْمَأْمُومِينَ أَنْ يُصَلُّوا قُعُودًا It is obligatory. 
Sheikh Uthameen says that if the Imam is praying sitting down, it is obligatory upon those behind him to pray sitting down as well, even if they're all fit and healthy. Clear? This is Sheikh Uthameen's position based upon this hadith. For in Sallu Qiyamah for Salatuhum Batila, Sheikh Uthameen says that if they actually stood to pray, their prayers invalid, which is a big statement. And they're making that, he's, he's saying that because. وَلِهَذَا يُلْغَزْ بِهَا فَيُقَالَ رَجُلٌ صَلَّى الْفَرْضِ قَائِمًا بَطَلَ الصَّلَاةِ So he goes that this is what sometimes leads to a quiz question. Right? This is one of those classic quiz questions. There's a man, he prays his fard, obligatory fard, standing, but his prayer is invalid. How is that possible? That's normally the question which is asked. Answer, if he prays behind an imam who's sitting down. Okay? That is the, 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 the quiz answer effectively, according to that opinion that your prayer is invalid. Um, Sheikh says, the author, rahimullah, جَزَمَ بِأَنَّ الْإِمَامِ إِذَا صَلَّ قَائِدًا فَإِنَّ الْمَأْمُومِينَ يُصَلُّونَ قُعُودًا إِلَّا أَنَّهُ اشْتَرَتْ فِيذَلَكَ شَرْطَيْنَ He's very clear and definitive that if the imam prays uh, sitting down, then الْمَأْمُومِينَ uh, uh, um, should also pray sitting down. Of course, he put down the two conditions though. He said, unless of course, it is the uh, 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 meaning that that's only possible if it is the imam of the uh, locality and the condition is temporary. However, Sheikh Uthameen says, that's his position. Many scholars said, أن الإمام إذا صلى قائدا وجب المؤمنين قادرين على القيامة يصلوا قيامة he goes, there are many scholars on the other side as well. They said that if the imam who sits down and leads them in the prayer and they are able to stand, if they do not pray standing, their prayer is invalidated. So you can see this is like serious stakes here, right? So the first opinion, Sheikh's opinion is, if you're praying behind the imam who is sitting down, you have to pray sitting down, otherwise your prayer is invalid. The other side are saying, if you pray behind an imam sitting down while he is sitting down, your prayer is invalid because you're able to stand. What are their evidences? Their evidences is that Nabi وسلم, came out in his final days when he was in the illness of his death وسلم, and the people were praying behind Abu Bakr. Now, this is a situation when you remember that Aisha was not very happy with this. They, you know... The Prophet ﷺ wants to, number one, set an imam. There has to be an imam, okay? Even when you're ill and your last moments, but there's always got to be a leader. Secondly, he wants to do the handover as well. He wants to make it clear that the political handover is going to follow the religious one. He's already made it clear very much that he's the greatest of the ummah. He's the most knowledgeable of the ummah. That, you know, he's the most loyal of the ummah. He is the friend of the Prophet ﷺ. Yani that soft kind of, you know, has started Medina really. Yani it is, I mean, it was clear in Mecca as well. But the Medinan kind of stage, bit by bit by bit, everybody's very clear who the Prophet is and one guy is, right? And now we're going to start transferring legal kind of power to him as well. And so Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is nominated. And they're waiting, they're still, and he doesn't want to do it, of course, but you know, he's waiting and he doesn't come out, so he starts to pray. The Prophet in his last moments was in and out of, of severe illness, fever I mean. So when he was feeling okay, then he's feeling okay. And when he's really out, then he's really out. So he was. Then he gets some water, gets some compress, and he feels good. So he, not good, but good enough to get up and crawl, make his way into the musalla. Of course, 
for him it's the smallest walk possible yani literally literally like 10 meters okay literally 10 meters to get from the middle of his room وسلم, to the edge of the door that was placed between him and the masjid and then from the masjid to the uh, uh, kind of the middle of the musalla at that time maybe a bit more actually because the masjid was extended twice by then in the last moments obviously at the beginning of his life the masjid was quite small then he extended it again then he extended it again so you're obviously going a bit further out but I mean it's minimal okay minimal um, so he comes out so he then comes to the front, okay, and he sits to the left of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, who is, continue, who is standing and leading the prayer. So... What happens here is that the Prophet ﷺ enters in this particular hadith, sits to the left-hand side of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and becomes the Imam. And he now leads the prayer sitting. Abu Bakr remains standing. He is following the one who is sitting that they can't see. And they are all copying Abu Bakr al-Siddiq who they all can see. He remains standing. The people all remain standing. You hear what I'm saying? Alright? Why this is of course the Prophet's voice was very weak. He couldn't even muster up a whisper. Okay? And uh, Abu Bakr was like a mukabbir. You know? The, that's what the person who goes Allahu Akbar, Rabbana wa alhamd, Allahu Akbar, he's called a mukabbir. Yeah? So he was the mukabbir standing right next to the Prophet who's the only person who could hear the whisper of the Prophet Of course sitting down only the front line is going to see him. Many lines behind they're not going to which is why they're doing the Abu Bakr al-Siddiq following, okay? Uh, and so the people are following Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. This hadith narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 687. So, this hadith is very clear. The Prophet ﷺ praying sitting down, they're praying standing up. Hadith Bukhari. You get the problem now? You get the problem? Yani as clear a text as it gets, he is leading the people, and they are praying standing. It doesn't indicate to them anything, doesn't tell them to sit down, doesn't tell them to pray like the imam standing. Don't yeah. Previous hadith in Bukhari, Prophet sitting down, tells them, yani once they sit down, stand back up. Two completely what? Opposite. Yeah. Contradictory? No. This is a big word which we don't use in legal uh, uh, terminology. The exact opposite though. This yani starts the mystery. Yeah. So they said, they said. In that situation of the people? No, the, the yes, yes. Did the Prophet join the Namaz and, and then leave whilst the Namaz had already started? Yes. Okay. And before you say which rakah or whatever, of course the assumption has to be the first. And there's no reason not to. In actual fact, from my understanding of this, this is an exception, obviously, because the prayer should be from the beginning. And also... Um, the uh, in this narration and the other kind of more basic narrations around this yani key narration, the wait was a long time. They were actually expecting him to come, وسلم, and then a last minute decision was like, we don't think he's coming, pray. You know what I'm saying? So it was literally just started, kind of thing. 
actually, if at all, we don't even know one, like, we're like, I mean, it's very likely, but we don't know 100, we know 99%, we don't know 100% that he had actually started the prayer with the takbir. We don't. So we don't need to worry about too much about the legal kind of complexities of which, how would that even work. But we just know that he went to the left. That, that's what I'm saying. This is a different narration. Yeah. Yeah, don't mix up the narrations. That's why I said at the beginning there are a number of narrations that people mix up. No, no, not this. Uh, well, the, the, problem, the, 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 the problem is that people will say that it's the event, and the people who will explain it way easiest will say it's different events. It's like when the Prophet ﷺ fell from the, uh, uh, his ride. People can't differentiate between that. And this, because he prayed sitting down, we'll say that praying sitting down is very different, which we're going to come to, versus this praying sitting down, which is due to, you know, end of times and so on, so end of his time, sallallahu and so on. The one you're talking about, where the Abu Bakr said, yani, carry on, where the Prophet said, carry on, okay? Some said it's two completely different incidents, incidences, right? Two completely different yani, scenarios, and the Prophet didn't come to the front, like I said at the beginning. Didn't come to the front and just prayed, well, you know, at the back. And others said, no, it is the same one. And this one gives more information. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq wanted to come actually back, but he kept him there and he carried this little structure out, where he sits to his left-hand side and, what, and so on. Which to me doesn't make sense, by the way. What I remember is that basically the Prophet joined as Ma'mun. Yep. Then Abu Bakr was basically stepping back. Yep. Correct. But you would only say that if you're saying it is a separate incident. Yep. Which is why they which Correct. That's the people who said it's the same incident. You know what I'm saying? Those people who are saying it's the same incident, but just that little what they call the tolerated um, liberalism, not liberalism, uh, the the tolerant the tolerate the the, the, the tolerated um, yeah, if one, if uh, if you're all narrating the same event with a little bit of difference, what, 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 what am I saying? Consensus. Huh? No, no, no consensus. Meaning you all got a different version of what is said, but none of none of you went crazy on the differences. You know, huh? Yeah, and all of you have said the same thing, but some focus on a bit more detail, and it's all acceptable. So that's that level of variation in narrations is tolerated. There's a certain level of tolerance. Yeah, none of you said that. You know, you all agreed it was Dhuhr, for example, and you all agreed that you saw Abu Bakr standing, for example. But some said that the people stepped back, and some people said Abu Bakr didn't step back, and some people saw him move but didn't know where he was standing. Some people saw him, but didn't see the Prophet. Yeah, this is tolerated. But if you, someone said it was Fajr and someone said it's Isha, that's obviously not acceptable. So, you know, the, the, the whole issue of is a hadith and one like it, right? What's the easy option? Everybody's going to say it happened twice. You know what I'm trying to say? It happened two times. That's the get out kind of, uh, you know. When, uh, because why? Because why? This is a good point, actually. It's part of our good tarbiyah of understanding this fiqh, uh, uh, process. Those people who don't have game in this, they take the easy way out. They're scared of difference. You know what I'm trying to say? They, they kind of get nervous when they see very different narrations and they, this can't make sense, this can't make sense. And in, in, innately, 
يعني my observations historically and now the people who say that or rush to that conclusion are those who are weakest in the fiqh or weakest in the I don't even know how to define the, what they're weak in but I know that they are not confident about the, they're not confident about the scholars they're not confident in the way that they developed fiqh huh? they're, not, they're not confident in the science and therefore they kind of they get a bit nervous when they see like difference whereas those who are um, the, uh, uh, and that's why I've, I've said before in this class that Ibn Khuzayma yani from the great uh, Shafi'i scholars and the great Muhaddithin he said that those people who claim that there are contradictory hadith bring them to me and I'll reconcile them for you right yani most people will say opposite hadith opposite hadith and because they're not thinking in a in a more confident way like why like who said it's uh, 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 opposite you know if you're more confident you're thinking at a deeper level and you'll say why is it uh, uh, opposite actually if you look further this hadith is, is not even authentic in the first place right they go instead they go on the attack themselves instead of saying oh you know so they say look this hadith is not authentic so we don't need to worry about opposite and opposite there's only one position on the matter or they'll say that's absolute authentic. That's absolute authentic. We don't need to lose our minds here and rush to abrogation. Abrog and you're going to see this argument come up now. Abrogation is a very... What's the word I want to use? Extreme tool. It's a, I call it a panic tool. Yeah? Especially those folks who are trying to deal with um, modernity, feminism, liberalism, you know... In that kind of, uh, uh, they're working in that kind of field, and they come across these hadith, and they realize it's a big threat, yani, to their their position or whatever. They rush to abrogation, easiest way, legal tool that's got some basis. Let's whatever. There are some scholars that said there is no such thing as abrogation. Like Ibn Taymiyyah, in his opinion, abrogation, especially when it comes to Quran, there is no abrogation. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whether that's true or not, or whether that's correct from him or not, or whatever. What, what's more fascinating to me is what drives a scholar to say that? What drives a scholar to say that? Because he's basically saying, you are all bottlers, basically. And I'm going to stop you running to such a weak uh, uh, mindset. You should be a dominant mindset. Yeah, and if we need to abrogate something because it is abrogated, we'll abrogate it. But you are abrogating. First thing, at the first sign of any trouble, it's abrogated, it's abrogated. No, why does it need to be abrogated? Why are you so worried? Maybe it was like this and like this. Maybe on one occasion did it like that, on another occasion did it like that. Meaning that there is some possibility for it to be explained away. I just want you to keep this in mind around abrogation. Yani abrogation is a controversial tool. Of that there's no doubt. Because actually, even if we accept abrogation, you are basically saying, yeah, Allah did say that, but it's not applicable anymore. Think about that. That's what you're saying. When you're saying something's abrogated, that's what you are saying. The Prophet ﷺ did say that, but it's, not, no, it's no longer valid. You are making a big shout. You're also making a claim that you know exactly when an incident occurred at a time where people didn't care about dates and times. You know what I'm saying? That's another problem. To work out abrogation, you've got to have absolute certain knowledge that the thing that is abrogated happened before the abrogating which you know exactly when that happened too. And when you study the books of fiqh and hadith, and you see them debating, you don't have much very confidence in their arguments. They say, yeah, that was the year when so-and-so thing happened. 
and that was the year when so-and-so visited from thingy. Like, the nearest year is what they're getting it to. If I want abrogate, I want time and date, bro. Yeah? Yeah, and you know, yeah, and some general year versus year arguments. And so, you can see that, obviously, from a fiqh point of view, we've got to use abrogation in its right place. But you can see the sign of the strength of a scholar by, they, by them using it little. And you see the weakness of a scholar that's using abrogation all the time. And you, you see, and keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on the arguments that are being made in circles of modernity, Islamic issues. Remember this, okay? Keep, a, keep an eye on it. You will start to notice now. It's like one of those things that now that you're looking to buy a car, now you see it all over the streets, yeah? It's one of those. When you start looking for deviant people, you'll see abrogation, abrogation, abrogation. It just start popping up now. You'll notice it. I'm not saying that's a sign that he's a complete deviant, but, yeah, I So, قَالُوا وَهَذَا Huh? what did they say? So the, the scholars that use this hadith Bukhari, they said this happened clearly in his last moments, in the end of his life, because this hadith is sahih, and clearly the Prophet ﷺ comes out can't stand, and this is not because of an injury or anything, this was in the last moments, and of course they're right, this is clearly late. Last moments, do we know? But it's late, yeah? Therefore, this is the Hanbali's, this is the, uh, those scholars carrying on, they're saying, فَيَكُونُ nasikhan. So therefore, this abrogates the statement of the Messenger of Allah that if he prays sitting down, then you all pray sitting down. That hadith that we mentioned before is not abrogated. That was older, that was the ruling back then, but this is the ruling now. Okay? Well, and it's also an abrogator for when he told the companions, He yeah, also abrogates the other hadith in which where the Prophet ﷺ was uh, praying, sitting down, and they uh, 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 stood up, and then he told them to sit down. It abrogates that. Because and so according to them, anything which comes later is obviously going to abrogate that which came before. That's the first argument of those scholars, right? That what we, let's remind us of what we're talking about again. We're saying that if you pray sitting down behind a seated imam, your prayer is invalid. That's what we're, we're discussing. This is the second opinion on the issue. You've got to pray standing. First evidence is because this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ clearly yeah, and he, uh, uh, told them to pray standing and everyone prayed standing and that was it. And that was in the last moments. The second evidence that they've got that the qiyam is a pillar of the prayer for the one who's able to do it. And it's for those people who are able to do it, okay, for them it remains a rukan. Okay? For them it remains a rukan. Sheikh Uthameen says, what we will respond to this position is that this is a weak position. In هَذَا الْقَوْلِ ضَعِيفٌ وَذَلِكَ لَأَنَّهُ لَا يَجُوزَ الرُّجُوعِ إِلَى النَّسْخِ إِلَّا عِنْدَ تَعَذُّرِ الْجَمْعَ that first of all, we will say it is not permissible to start talking about abrogation unless it is completely impossible to reconcile. Unless it is completely impossible to reconcile. Okay? That it is well known amongst the people of knowledge that if you are going to abrogate, there needs to be two conditions. If you're going to start playing the abrogation game, two conditions must be fulfilled. الشرط الأول العلم بتأخر الناسخ you must know for certain 
that the abrogating hadith is actually the later one. The abrogating incident is indeed the later one, the last one, the final one, number one. And number two, and la yumkin al jam'u baynahu wa bayna madu'iya annahu mansukh. That it is absolutely impossible to reconcile between the one which is abrogating and the one which was abrogated. All right? So we need to know that it's later, we need to know that it's impossible. And the reason that we have to put these two conditions down is because if you didn't, then you would have abrogated a text, which is an evidence, and you would have removed its ruling. And removing the ruling, that to remove an evidence in the Sharia is no simple matter, it's no joke. It's not possible. Yani all these people who just say, oh, it's abrogated, it's abrogated. This is not permissible. And Sheikh goes, at the top of, two, of 233, he goes, well, jam He goes, it's very easy actually to reconcile these hadith. Check this out. Okay? And this is a position of Imam Ahmed, by the way. Imam Ahmed, yani, he went this one. He said, uh, so the reconciliation is how? How would you reconcile between these two hadith? The first one, yani, uh, the Prophet ﷺ says, pray seated down. All right? If the imam follow the imam, if the, pray, if the prayer is uh, standing, then pray standing. If the imam is sitting, then pray sitting. In the second one, they, he uh, ﷺ starts the prayer, and the prayer is, uh, uh, he is sitting down, and they remain standing. Yeah? All the way, whilst he remains seated. So before I tell you Imam, imam Ahmed's uh, argument, what do you guys think? Is it possible to reconcile? What do you reckon? Only one qiyam would lie and one qiyam would One qiyam what, sorry? One qiyam would lie in a matter. One is for qiyam layl That wouldn't work because we do know for certain that it was an obligatory prayer. So that wouldn't work here. These two hadith, yeah. So that wouldn't work. Um was the first one from an injury and the other one not an injury, so therefore there's a difference here. So that's yani, how you, you reconcile. Uh, the answer would be no because, none, because both of them agreed that this is not due to an injury. Or rather, I should say, not due to something temporary. Therefore? Right, so you're talking about the fact that because the prayer has started and the imam hadn't led the prayer from the beginning, but then he starts leading it, I told you don't get involved in that. I said, I said that, yani, you know, to Qamar as well, don't, don't, don't forget that. Assume that the Prophet ﷺ has started the prayer from the beginning, because that will confuse things. So, any reconciliation possible? What do you think? How could you reconcile between them? What do you think? Uh, okay, so therefore, what's the what's so what, what what does that mean? What do I do now? So no, I'm saying so. Therefore, how do I benefit from that now today? What do I do if I sit now down? What do, what do the people do? Say that again. Yeah, are fine, but in one he told them to sit down, and the other one he didn't, and the other one he didn't. 
so basically what you're saying is that that would therefore mean that it's not obligatory to sit down. That's what you're saying, isn't it? You're saying the fact that he, they remained st- he let them remain standing when he was sitting indicated the first time round when he was saying when the imam prays sitting, then prays sitting. That's a position, position. And I don't mean that to be fully obligatory. That's a good, that's a good possibility. The, f- the, first, the first incident, I'll read it again. Um, I'm sure that I had the text Danny, here. Let me read it correctly. No, it wasn't here. So I, so I, I said it myself. Yeah. So the Prophet ﷺ, he starts the prayer whilst sitting down. Okay, the Prophet ﷺ starts the, the prayer sitting down and they stood up. All right, and in their standing up, he then tells them to sit down. And then, after telling them to sit down, he then and he indicates them to sit down. In their telling them to sit down at the end, then he tells them that the Imam has been placed to be followed. And so, when he prays standing, then pray standing. When he prays sitting, then you stay. Sitting. As I said, there are other narrations which I don't want to get into because I just want to follow what Sheikh Athameen is, uh, is uh, setting. Anyway, <coughs> Imam Ahmed, um, so I like that. Uh, what Surah said, what Bob said. Uh, sorry, what did you say, Sarah? Yeah, it just indicates that the, to sit down is therefore not obligatory. Both are in acceptable position. Yeah. Imam Ahmed said, he said, on page. Where have I got to? Two three three. Two three three. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the top of two three three, he says, uh, Abu Bakr So just to get rid of all of this uh, whole discussion. The prayer has started. Yeah? Even though, like I said, there's some discussion about that. But the prayer has started and Abu Bakr is standing. Okay? That's the first point that we've got to make to understand a reconciliation. So, in this uh, hadith, Abu Bakr uh, is actually leading the prayer and he is standing and they are standing. And the Prophet then comes and then he sits down as an imam. Okay, but he sits down and they remain standing. Those are the facts. So therefore, Imam, Ahmed, Imam Ahmed said that if the Imam starts standing and then sits down for a reason, then you must remain standing. And that explains this hadith. Whereas that if the Imam starts sitting, then you have to pray the whole prayer sitting. And that's the reconciliation between, which is actually really good if you think about it. Right? So in summary, both hadith are in play, both make sense, no kind of problem yani, in, the, in the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because there was no one sitting there, right? When they start the prayer standing, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is praying alone standing. <coughs> Why would they sit down? Right? Then the Prophet then comes and sits down because Abu Bakr remained standing. And they said on the left? On the left, yeah. 
clear intention that he's leading, yes. Not only clear intention that he's leading, clear fact that he's leading, but also the, the, the Rawi says that they followed the Salah of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq followed the prayer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi By the way, just so that you know, after 20 painful years, that this is not agreed upon. But let's keep that, let's keep that out of it. Let's keep it simple. The point here, basically, Imam Ahmed is saying is that this, uh, obviously, it's a theory. Yeah, there's, there's some flaws in it. But I told you don't get into that yeah, game, bro. Bob's idea is a common sense one, right? Mm -hmm. Just to reduce, I mean, I, and the reason Bob's idea is a common sense one is actually that's used quite a lot in fiqh, yeah. right? This is what we call a qarina. Everything in, that's why we say default. A command is default obligatory until supplementary evidence indicates it's not, right? So this would be exactly that. A supplementary evidence that shows the opposite would be an indication that, oh, so it was actually recommended to sit down not obligatory, and that's the common sense, basic, standard position of how you uh, combine. Just just finish this point. The reason that they're not going with Imam Ahmed and Hanabil are not going with that is because they said that this is a very definitive action of you must pray sitting down, all of you, and indicating to them in the prayer. And there's another way out, and another way out is the obvious one that's right in front of our faces. That what was different between these two? He started sitting down, so okay. He started praying standing, okay. And if you think about it, that is the easier, uh, uh, obvious one. Yeah, but then you can argue that if the Imam or Rasul arrives late to a salah and he sees somebody else, you know, there, then he should walk up and go to his left and carry on with the prayer. You can use that argument. Which is what the scholars have said that this was an exception to the Prophet something unique to him. But it wouldn't happen, right? Exactly. So that's why it's one of those things that just let it stay in the can. Yeah, you'd have to have pretty much the worst kismet in the universe, Yanni, to be in that jama'ah. You know what I mean? So let me let me let me let me let me let me complete what he says. He goes, while I had an Sheikh Uthameen says, so he goes, therefore, if the local Imam something happens in the middle of his prayer and he now can't stand anymore, and then he completes the prayer while sitting, then the rest of the people should complete it standing. Sheikh Uthameen saying that, yeah, basically what Imam Ahmad has said is actually really clear, good reconciliation, clear as well. Makes sense that basically that. If the Imam is starting the prayer standing, we will pray standing. And if the Imam has to sit down because of some kind of problem, which the Prophet now is sitting down because he's got some kind of problem, the fact that they all carried on the prayer standing means that you guys can carry on praying standing. As for the complete different scenario where there is no problem, and that person comes and can't stand and leaves the prayer from the beginning, then we should all stand.
Well, wait, 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 wait. The, the hadith in Bukhari, the Prophet ﷺ, of course, didn't start the prayer standing. The one that the hadith that we're talking about, there is no standing, Prophet. ﷺ. He came and sat straight down to the left of Abu Bakr Siddiq. And started the prayer sitting down. Like we said, <laughs> don't ask Yani the questions of who started, not starting, whatever. He, that's why I said Imam Ahmed is, is going off on the concept that this is now the start of the prayer. And, you know, that uh, uh, meaning. That the start of the prayer is what Abu Bakr has established. Oh, from the Imam's point of view. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not the Prophet. Yeah, the Imam position. But that's still an assumption on his behalf. Like I said, there's a lot of, you know. Is that. A, uh, what's the positive version of the word Nakhri? What is the positive version of the word Nakhri? Because I'm not saying there's a lot of Nakhri going on. When you're making that, uh, like Ahmed is, Imam Ahmed is making that judgment call. What's a nice way of saying that there's a lot of nakhre going on when he's making that call? He's having to manipulate in a positive way. That's what I want to say. There's got to be an order word for that. The, the easiest one is that the Prophet is very, very ill. He's right at the end of his time. He's in and out of all sorts. Okay. And he's, you know, is he really in a, you know, fit enough to start, you know, right. doing all of Okay. Let, let, what, let, let what go? So then he didn't tell the people to sit down and he didn't do the thing because he was just basically gathering enough No, no, that's the worst opinion I've ever heard in my life. You don't <laughs> think that there was any hadith after that, that, that thing? You don't think the Prophet had the tongue to speak yani, for the whole remaining so couple of weeks? The point is, is that it's permissible to do both. The, the deduction is, is that it's a recommendation to do the first hadith, but it's permissible to do both. But the deduction that he didn't then correct himself and say, no, you should have all sat down when I was saying because he was at the end of his thing, he was just about to pray himself. The Prophet sitting praying sitting down. He's not in a very good state, is he? Okay. Therefore. So, you know, he's, 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 he's you know, made the prayer. So. I don't know, man. Well, you say that, but this has been a really kind of interesting uh, issue. Wa'ala hada, he says, Ida sallat, so Sheikh Uthameen says, so if the Imam. He leads the prayers while he's sitting down. From the beginning of the prayer, they should all pray sitting down. This is Imam Sheikh Uthameen speaking. Okay? And if he starts praying with them standing, then he gets in some kind of pain, and then he sits down. They should then pray behind him standing. This is what is able to reconcile between the two evidences, and this is, uh, this is the right way to go, uh, to go ahead with it. And وَقُلْنَا uh, by the way, he goes, we said that the author put two conditions down for all of this. Yeah? He says that, that it's got to be an imam of the hay for this to happen. Because don't forget what the Hanbalis are saying. They're saying you can't do any of this business. Right? The only time that you can actually get involved in this discussion is if it is the imam of the locality and that you are considering that his illness is going to be a temporary one. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go. And Sheikh says, but, but we all know and it's clear from the usuli qaida, from the maxim that we know, and the mawarda and the sharia, mutlaqan fa inna hula yajuz idhala ayi qaidin min al qiyud alayhi illa bidalil. This is a very good maxim. That anything which is narrated from the sharia, the lawmaker, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anything which is sent down in an absolute sense, it cannot be restricted or specified except with an evidence. You cannot restrict that. Something is narrated. Open, it's got to be kept open. If something is narrated in an absolute sense, 
It needs to be kept in an absolute sense. You cannot restrict it. You cannot specify it, right? Except if you have a dalil. Because we are not allowed to restrict something which Allah has opened. How can you tighten uh, something which Allah has opened? And Sheikh says, this principle, maxim, learn it and know it. Because it will help you a lot in many things. For example, in mashh al-jawrab, in wiping over the socks. Wiping over the socks. Min, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has openly allowed, without any restrictions, the wiping over the uh, khuf, sorry, he doesn't say socks, he says khuf, okay, on the leather socks. وَلَمْ يَشْتَرَتْ فِي الْخُفْ But he did not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, did not put conditions on that khuf, that it has to be of this leather, and that it's got to have no holes, and that it's got to be no, uh, uh, there can't be any tears in it, and that you can't, yani X and Y and Z, okay? And we covered that on uh, page 231 of the first volume, like seven years ago or something, right? So, فَالْوَاجِبُ عَلَيْنَا إِطْلَاقُ مَا أَطْلَقَهُ الشَّرَعُ So what we must do is to keep unrestricted what Allah keeps unrestricted. Unless we have an evidence to restrict it, okay? Because we are not, um, yeah. So, أَمَّا أَن نُدْخِلَ قُيُودًا عَلَىٰ أَمْرِ أَمْرٍ أَطْلَقَهُ الشَّرَعُ فَهَذَا لَا شَكَّ أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ مِنْ حَقِّنَا so the Prophet ﷺ here, what did he say? That the Imam has been put in this position to be followed. So when he says Allahu Akbar, then say Allahu Akbar. When he makes raka'ah, ruku'ah, then you make ruku'ah. When he goes for sajda, then you make sujood. And if he prays standing, then pray standing. And if he prays sitting, then all of you pray sitting down. This hadith Bukhari, as we just mentioned, it's the full hadith. That's the full text. Yeah? And so this hadith for us to say, except if you are the imam of the hay, except if you've got a... Where are your restrictions coming from? Where are your... You know what I'm trying to say? It's been kept open, so you've got to keep it open as well. Does it mention that the imam of the area, blah, 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 differs on it? No, it's the, set, the conditions have been put out, and that's it. Okay? Do we say that, for example... Uh, anyway, so No, these rulings are general for the local imam and every other imam, any person. They are not specific to an imam. So this makes it clear that this condition that they put, that the only way out of this is that there is an imam of the locality. This is a weak yani condition, precondition. Okay? And... Uh, so it doesn't matter who it is who leads us, right? It doesn't matter who it is that leads us. If whoever it is, they can, they can. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's a local imam or not. Okay? Huh. He says because the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ya ummul qawm li kitabillah." Then let the people be led by the one who knows most about the book of Allah. So if this person, whoever this random person is, who knows most about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most versed, then let him lead the prayer. Whether he's the imam of the hay or not the hay. Because he can't pray uh, standing up, it doesn't matter. He's the one who has, Allah didn't put a restriction in. He left the thing open. This is the guy. He can't pray standing up. Okay, we don't care if you can pray standing up or not standing up. You are the one who knows the most. You're the one who is best out of all of us. You're going to lead the prayer. Okay? All right. 
the shart al-thani as for a second condition that the condition must be temporary yeah the illness must be temporary sheikh says aidan where did you get that yani uh, uh, restriction from where did you get the idea from how are you restricting that sorry you can't do that the prophet sallallahu did not say idha salla qa'idan wa antum tarjuna zawali allati fasallu qu'udan he did not say that if he prays sitting down and then in brackets and you think that he's going to get better from his condition then you pray sitting down no he said if he prays sitting down you pray sitting down he did not add the extra precondition that the condition needs to be temporary it needs to be acute it can't be chronic etc etc so وعلى هذا at the top of page 235 we will pray sitting down behind an imam who is praying sitting down regardless of whether his condition is temporary or not permanent or not and so on okay what's the evidence the generality of the texts the generality of the texts our evidence is that once an evidence is general and open, you are not allowed to put conditions in. You're not allowed to restrict that which is unrestricted. And there's no evidence from the book or the sunnah or the ijma'ah that you have to put these conditions down that it's got to be the imam of the hay or it's got to be a condition that these conditions, there's no evidence. So therefore, in the absence of any evidence, then we have to keep it exactly as it is. Sheikh says, what if a person was to say, إذا كان الإمام شيخا كبيرا لا يرجى زوال علته لازم من ذلك أن يبقى الجماعة يصلون دائما قودا. He goes, well, if we don't have this condition that they put down, يعني the one that says you pray sitting down if it's a temporary condition, then what you're basically saying is that if your locality has some old old guy and who's disabled, then the rest of your twenty years of prayers are going to be praying sitting down. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you don't think this is a reality, this is a reality. Imams are very, what's the word? Reluctant to give up their position. Right? They're very reluctant. You can think of many examples of local, uh, of local areas and you can obviously think about certain yani, Medina as well. People, yani, mashallah, they are, yani, you know, they're holding on. Hafizahullah just had an operation, serious one actually. Alhamdulillah, he's recovering at the moment. SubhanAllah, it's amazing. He's leading in the prayer whilst his son is leading the prayer as well. Huh? That's crazy, right? Shaykh Ali Hudayfi's son is the imam of uh, the imam of the masjid. And uh, very nice as well, actually. Very nice. But anyway, the point is, is that it's difficult to get people's out. Right? And SubhanAllah, who's to say that they should go out? Right? At some point, they're going to become old and weak. And so a person is putting this to the sheikh. He's saying... That if a person gets to 80 years old and he's still the, the top man, right, for the qara'ah, but he can't stand anymore at all, he's praying all the prayers sitting down, that would mean, therefore, according to the rules, that we all have to pray sitting down. You get the point? You get the, the issue? Sheikh says, all right, so be it. <laughs> Because uh, the, 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 the condition is based upon what they understood from some hadith when the Prophet ﷺ actually did pray sitting down, but that was due to an illness. So they got some kind of yani, yani basis, but mostly because of this kind of scenario. Because fiqh isn't just 
um, oh, there's a hadith and we just accept it. The hadith has got to be put into light with, is it actually got some more depth to it? Is there some complexities? Are there exceptions? This is the right way to do it. But we also have the right to say, actually, there's no evidence for your exceptions. You know what I'm trying to say? What they're saying makes sense. Because if you look at his explanation, right, I don't like it. I'll tell you right now, I don't like this. Look what he says. He goes, Madam had lazim, He goes, listen, as long as the Prophet has said that, that's what we're going to do. He said that you got to pray behind the imam sitting down if he's the best man for the job, then we're going to pray sitting down even if it's a long time. Because the, the statement of the Messenger of Allah is haq. وَلَازِمُ الْحَقْ حَقْ وَنَحْنُ إِذَا صَلَّيْنَا قُعُودًا مَعَ قُدْرَتِنَا لَقِيَامْ فِي جَمِيعَ صَلَوَاتِنَا خَلْفِ الْإِمَامِ الْقَائِدِ فَقَدْ صَلَّيْنَا بِعَبْرِ and he goes, and if we pray all of our prayers sitting down behind the Imam who's sitting down, then we follow the Messenger of Allah and we achieve the proper achievement. And he's right. You can't argue with that. Wait. And what do we care? He goes. And what do we care? What harm was caused? And what happened? No problem. This is the part which made me laugh. Yeah? He goes, although, let's be honest, this isn't really going to happen. So kind of backing out now. Right? Yani. He goes, eh? He goes, like, I'm paraphrasing now, all right? Artistic license, all right? He goes, He goes, like as if everyone's going to pray all their prayers behind this imam. Right? Now watch all these statements, yeah? Sheikh Uthameen, the one who said, obligatory to pray in the masjid, by the way. Obligatory. Now look at this statement paragraph, all right? He goes, alayhi rahmatullah, he goes, like everybody's going to pray all their prayers behind this imam. They're going to miss a prayer here and there. They're going to pray by themselves here and there. Or another congregation. And they're going to pray in another masjid. Yeah. Uh, and they sometimes might have an excuse to not attend a congregation. They'll pray in their homes. Right? He did actually put an excuse there. Yani he's who doesn't want to say they just prayed in homes. He goes, they got some excuse not to attend the jama'ah, right? Which, mashallah, Zafar, I think, uses every day. I don't know what these excuses, yeah? And then they will pray. They will pray. At least he gives an excuse. Huh? What, what, what excuse Abu Dhar give? Tell me that. Huh? Uh, he was waiting for that. You, what, you thought tonight was going to go without me cussing you anymore? Right. <laughs> and uh, so they pray uh, in their houses. وَلَكِنَ الْأَوْلَى he goes, but what's better is that they should get up an imam who can stand. Right? That's his last closing sentence after giving us all the big talk in the beginning, yeah? And then he ends like that. Come on, bro. Do you know what I mean? Come on, bro. So... ولكن الأولى أن يقوم بالإمام في هذه الحال من كان قادرا على القيام يا شيخ يا شيخ عليك رحمة الله Do you honestly think we'd ask this question يعني, if we didn't have tried that already? يعني, we couldn't find another person يعني, It's because we're stuck with this guy يعني, that we're asking this question Can this be the case now? We're in this scenario and whatever But uh, uh, realistically speaking this is, uh, this is actually a real thing The tensions between trustees and an imam of the masjid and how he wants to you know, go out. And the problem, of course, is that the trustees will always be seen as the enemy. And uh, the, the people and the, the imam will always use the people against them. 
they will develop a relationship and whatever. So this is all the politics. It's not easy. It's not easy. And there's got to be some kind of system in place where there's got to be like a, a consultative shura body that can step in and say, listen, jazakallah khair, and you know what I mean? Uh, thank you very much for your service and whatever. But some people are above that. Because if that was the case, then, you know, or your favorite reciter in Mecca would step aside and sit right the fish down and stop leading in Mecca and, and killing us every time he leads or deafens us when he gets into the mic. I think that's all enough. You need to know his name. Yep. Uh, absolutely, there's no faqih or no madhab that doesn't have a statement that has some sense behind it. It's such an insult. Yani for us to say, like, Hanafis this or Hanbali said that every single thing that they say has some kind of wajah, some kind of point, some kind of experience, some kind of situation they've come across that they're trying to encompass. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, those folks that are kind of taking this backwards, like from modern folks doing fiqh and not going back to the original, they, they, they don't appreciate the complexities of fiqh. And they see it as all very kind of, you know, monochromatic. And, you know, it's not, it's not the case. Anyway, just to finish this off, and then we go into the... My goodness. Yeah. I know I think that we need to pause there because it's getting too long, isn't it? Go on. Yeah. No, but that's only in that position of the old guy. Yeah. That's not. That, I mean, that's that's no. There's on that. No, no, no. On, I'm happy with that. I, I'm absolutely happy with the humble position, while saying that there is some laxity in the masala. Yani, it's not as strict as people make it. For example, right? If you look at what some of the fuqaha mentioned. Um, they said, for example, um, just so that just for your own notes, um, that when a person is praying sitting down, yeah, you have to pray behind that person obligatorily. It is absolutely obligatory. Yeah, yeah. Wh yeah which is the class position, which is a humble position. No, no problem with that. Whereas Abu Hanifa and Shafi'i they said that they must pray standing. Obligatory. Right? They're not interested in the jama' of the Hanabila. Okay? They didn't yani, like this combination. They went with that and they went with the abrogated argument. So, when you got this kind of scenario, yeah, a person can easily cop out and say whatever opinion I choose, yeah, whether I was on that one or that one, you got full backing. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You've got big giants yani, saying that you've got to pray sitting down and you've got full giants on the other side that are saying you've got to pray standing up. And so the issue clearly is a matter of ishtihad. Any matter of ishtihad, there's going to be flexibility. Now, that doesn't mean that we should have a flexible approach to it. No, we also should choose a position and stick to it. But we know that if someone differs to us and does something that we're not upon, we're chill on it because he's following a mujtahid opinion. And so our position is that exactly, that a person who is leading the prayer while sitting down, then we will pray sitting down. And if a person is sitting down but started the prayer standing, then we will remain standing. And I'm comfortable with this, whilst knowing that a person doesn't know and does one or the other, he's covered. You get what I'm saying? That's our class position. You get? Yeah? All right. Let's just take some questions first, and then we'll uh, see whether we carry on in the text or not. So let's just come down, Shaz, so that we don't... Uh, there were questions earlier on that I noticed. Uh, come down a bit, come down a bit. No, it's not. Okay, go up now. 
saw where they have stopped. Abu Bakr followed the prayer. The, the Abu Bakr followed the prayer of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So does that mean the followers are following the prayer of the Prophet? Yes, they are. Yeah, in that in this hadith, yes, he is the Imam of the the congregation. If we accept that Abu Bakr had started, I hope Rafi, are you good? By the way, Rafi came down from Jeddah, mashaAllah, to join us in the in the last week's lesson. Can you believe that? The, you lot, you're making a last-minute announcement, even though I told you guys that we were doing it there. And you gave her Meskina, she had one hour and a half announcement time from Jeddah to get all the way to Arafah. She said, Salim Qasim, man. Don't look after the people at all. Inconsiderate, exactly that. Zafar said, they're not me, by the way. Okay. If, Thursday evening. We did it on Wednesday, bro. <laughs> He's losing it, you know. That? I'm telling you. Become big minded lecturer now, you see? You know, that's what happens. You're, first, you're a basic dentist, cleaning everyone's teeth and whatever, whatnot. Then you say, I've had enough of the Bengalis. Basically. This is what he said. He goes, All the Bengalis in my area, they're killing me, this, that, whatever, whatnot. I can't do this anymore. So they moved to a white man's area. They, their teeth were far worse than Bengalis, okay? So then he started complaining about that. Then he goes, Right now, I want to go into periodontology, bakwas, whatever. Then he got bored with that. My back hurts and I can't look in people's fingers. I'm going to start lecturing. So now he goes around the country, big man lecturing. Now he's tired of that. Then he's gone online. Now he does like two days a week, I think, whatever. Rest time to retired. Shazad <laughs> <laughs> Salim. Right. If we accept that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu had started the prayer and the Prophet takes over, then this would be specific to the Prophet only, right? Yes, it would be. Because to open up that can and say this is allowed for everybody, then, you know. And that's the end of that road, isn't it? And that is the end of that. Because if you carry on down that line, you're going to blow your mind. Honestly, you are. What is the class position that no doubt Osama was sitting down? All right, the chief, come up, 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 up. Shahaz, come on. Uh, if we follow the possibility that the Prophet ﷺ had not been started by Abu Bakr, how would you do? We wouldn't ask these questions, Sumer. That's the difference between us and you. Was this a Jahri prayer? And so none of the followers could hear the recitation. This would be an evidence that hearing the Imam and Jahri Salah is not needed. But we know that anyway, Rafia. Okay, we know that to hear the Imam is not a condition. Yeah. Uh, would only be saying the Takbiratul Intiqal, not the full recitation. Also, yes, correct. Yeah. Muna says, does this, does this discussion stipulate that everyone should ideally have a view of the Imam? How about it? If, how about if you don't have a view of the Imam, so don't know if you started standing or sitting? Absolutely no doubt. That's why the default position is that women are praying behind men. Everyone's in one you know, gathered area. This is the default position, right? Now, obviously, it can't be that all the time, right? And that's just the way it is. It can't be. And, like, you know, it's interesting because, obviously... And that's why, you know, in scenarios where these things are impossible, there's going to be some laxity. There's going to be some laxity because, um, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, women praying in separate buildings because the building is not big enough to, to hold both is, is, is a reality in most places. You know, to have a scenario that it can all encompass one place is actually very difficult, right? And I think most women get that. And not only do most women get that, a lot of women are... Actually, we had this discussion um, when I put out a, uh, whether it's in class or whether it was Facebook or whatever, when I said, you know, what is it that women actually really want, right? Let the women speak. And it was very interesting that not all of them want to be actually praying as per the sunnah, which is directly behind the men. They don't. 
they actually like the barrier, right? The majority wanted the barrier because they said that we don't want to be in another building. We want to be in the same area, but we like the barrier because it gives us a little bit of open and privacy or whatever, which I find interesting because why would you want that when the sunnah is saying that you don't need that? And it should be the behavior of men that should be controlled. And they will turn around and say, but well, the men don't. And then, you know, men will say, well, what do you guys do? You know what I'm trying to say? So it could go back and forth, back and forth. And what I'm saying is that they're not as big enemies to a decent barrier that is, when I say decent barrier, meaning something that allows some kind of connectivity, right? Some kind of uh, whatever. Um, which frankly, which frankly is not as difficult to solve as you, can, as you think. You can have a complete barrier, but a TV feed, for example, right? And so if you're seeing the imam, then you don't. And a lot of women would say that's our perfect scenario. That we're there actually in the thing, we've got a complete barrier so we can now, don't have to wear hijab all the time, blah, blah, blah. When it's time for salah, we can put it on and we don't need to worry about X, Y, Z. And we can stand at the front of the, uh, of the thing here and reward those people who come earliest. And we can assume the front, front lines are the best, unlike the hadith, which makes the front lines the worst because they're in the same yani, gathering. But now that we're completely separate, the front lines are the best for the women. And we can see where the imam is, what's going on. So these are matters of ijtihad. Like, for example, in the haram, Right, it's you know you know it's, it's ironic. A lot of people, yeah, and obviously the tarbiyah program that we do, where I'm trying to like uh, in Umrah, in Umrah, I mean specifically, which is why the Aqsa one is so more powerful or more impactful, because you really get full full access to the Sunnah. In the tarbiyah program in Umrah, especially in Mecca, you could not possibly have chosen a worse place to teach people about the prayer than in Mecca. Like, it's the worst, right? Because there's no semblance of any kind of sunnah at any level. The lines are the worst. The behavior is the worst. The principles of where people stand is the worst, right? People don't want to go to the front. Men, I mean. Women do want to go to the front. Like everything is the other way around. Men, yeah, women have got the carpet all the time. Don't realize yeah, what a blessing that is. Men, yeah, they pray a couple of prayers at the front on the flipping, break their knees. They're looking for the carpets at the back. So we want to go around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he, uh, men get a taste of what it's like in a normal woman's prayer place. We have no idea. You see, us lot, we stand for prayer. We're all shoulder to shoulder, all great, this, that, whatever, whatnot. Have a look at the women's yeah, thing. It's a mess. It's bags and kids and babies and... Yani shopping and God knows what. Yani they have no problem about putting next to them on the left-hand side, taking up a person's space, yani whatever. When you go to the haram and you see man's doing that in the men's section, it's a big culture shock. It's like, you know, I go around kicking those bags out of people. I get so angry when I see that. People will put their chapel behind them, for example, where I'm going to make sajda. Oh, you really think so? Let me just take chapel and throw it. All the time. 100%. The arrogance of that. The arrogance of that, to get your chapel and put it behind me, that's the last time you're seeing your chapel, son. Right? As for the one who does it next to me, then I will take it whilst he's praying and put it in front of him. And I will close that gap. Yep. But my point is, is that that's standard women practice. And men realize that, oh my God, this is what their life is like normal. Right? And um, the, the point I was going to make is uh, about not seeing the imam. So if you're praying outside in a courtyard, you have to have complete faith in someone that you don't know. Because, like for example, sajda of tilawah. 
the vast majority of people have not a dally about the Quran or what is a sajjah tilawa or not. And so when you're, so uh, uh, I mean this happens all the time, but I'll just use the last example and it happens every trip I go. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, and uh, it was Fajr prayer and I was praying in a courtyard of uh, Haram, Mecca, I mean, okay? And obviously the, um, there was at least X 20,000 people that were praying. I can confidently tell you that in that first raka'ah of Salatul Fajr, when we went for, for the sajda tilawa, at least 80% did not go for sajda. Just no confidence in the few that did go. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Right? Now, if they were inside the haram and they saw everybody go down, they would have gone down. And that's a real-life example of, of course, Muna, um, ideally everybody should see the imam or be connected with the prayer lines, or be connected with the prayer lines. Uh, because when you're connected to the prayer lines and the line in front of you is effectively your imam, right? It's when you start going in different buildings, different corners, different, the whole thing's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. It was our honor to have you, Rafia. Um, Tana says, if a person is leading the prayer and sitting down due to old age, and they, i.e., they are leading the prayer, sitting down all the time, and it is not a temporary illness, is it the class position for the followers to sit down also? Yes. That's as clear as it gets. That is the class position. Clear? Someone who's old and says, I'm leading the prayer, and they start sitting down, then we should be sitting down. Now, I just want to also say, just for my own little duck that I want to uh, kick in, because you know how much I hate the whole chair thing, okay? You know that that imam is not going to pray on a chair, all right? Most likely, right? But let's say that that imam prays on a chair, right? Do you think that the people will all now pray on a chair. You see how shameful this situation of the chair is? Yani we use this chair as our kind of default position for sitting down, but you all know deep down in your heart that the idea is so nonsensical, completely foreign to our religion. Yeah? Obviously someone needs to because of certain situations. We know that's a great thing. But this idea that we kind of now have made it the asal. No, the asal is sitting down on the floor, bro. Yeah? And the more that we get comfortable with this, I'm hoping that people will feel more comfortable themselves sitting down in the prayer when they've got an individual problem, when they're praying behind the imam. People either don't know or they find it too tough. And I don't know why you find it tough. Bro, if you've got a problem with your knees that you can't get up, right? Start the prayer standing, then go into ruku'a, then stand back up, then go into sajda, or just sit down and do your pseudo sajda and then remain seated. And that's it. And at the end of the prayer, indicate to one of the people, help you up, and out you go. And we've got to create that habit. Create that. Nobody's going to have a problem if you turn around and you say, every prayer that I come and pray in this masjid, five prayers, I'm going to I have to ask someone, bro, we'll be delighted to pick up every single person off the floor if that's the issue. Be delighted. That's next week's lesson. Yeah, that's exactly next week's lesson. What happens if he indicates the sajda? What happens if, and that's the reason why uh, there's that little difference between standing and the other three. So it's like these three are grouped and standing is by itself. That's what next week is. So have we made a decision on next week? Have we got a, a poll winner? Or is that going to be announced on the portal? What are we doing? Ask, uh, ask, ask the Queen Bee, Yanni, what the situation is. Because you know that yeah, benevolent dictatorship or whatever Bakwas it was that uh, thinking she said, 
Are we, are we, who's winning and what, what's going on? Or <laughs> Is the Bengali Mosque Edgeware? Yeah, I think it's yeah. location, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. Edgeware. Edgeware Road is in where come up Beirut Express Edgeware. I don't know exactly the location, but it's Edgeware. It's Edgeware. Where's the poll, man? I don't know where the poll is. Oh, it's on the top. By the way, can I just ask a question? Is it only for Londoners to vote? Because I like the idea of people selling their vote as well. I like that idea, to be honest. A little bit of controversy in there. Yeah, doing World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, why not? By the way, I heard the classicest line about thingy. Absolute classic. It was LGBT, LGBT. Why are they making it such a big issue? And why are they putting it on miskin footballers to try and work this out? Yeah. LGBTQ. They're putting it on people who don't know. Harry Kane, for Harry Kane, LGBTQ is just his attempt at the alphabet. man. <laughs> 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 Yalla. All right. So are we, are we not announcing it? We're going to do the check. All right. So everybody, check your Telegram group. You should all be in a Telegram group anyway. I mean, what kind of Yandu thingy? So in the chat group, see you there. Oh, no, definitely next week's in London, inshallah. Yeah, that's my whole next week is all. Oh, yeah, no, I've got, I've got the system now. Yeah, 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 mashallah. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason I'm giving it back to you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next week in London, inshallah, so not here in Cheadle, and uh, but same time-ish. Oh, that's another point. What time is it going to be? Yeah, I think same time, yeah. Going to be effectively same time, but just check on the Telegram group. You'll see the score, the details, facts there. Barakallahu feek wa jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.